Cobram Estate is the most awarded Australian extra virgin olive oil. Let it be the hero when entertaining family and friends. Cobram Estate extra virgin olive oil is fresh and full of flavour. Perfect for roasting, frying, baking, dressing salads and for dipping bread. Make your food taste even better with a little help from Cobram Estate. Premium quality, great tasting and a versatile healthy alternative. Buy in store at all major retailers. Yes, hello and welcome back to Tradies. Sam McClure and Mitch Cleary with you. Every week we chat the trading, the buying and the selling of AFL players. Season 1, episode 13. Mitchell, welcome to you. Hello, Samuel. And I can't believe it. I've walked into the studio and you are recognisable. I I was expecting after Footy Classified last night to walk in here, you with face paint, you with your club colours on. Oh, I see. Is this you you attempting (laughs) humour? For those that missed it last night, you're Sam Slam, the replacement for Caro's Arrow, given she's away at the moment. You were part of the panel. It's got a ring to it. Footy classified. Suggested the lack of atmosphere in the lead up to AFL matches has gone to the wayside and there needs to be more face painting and activities on the concourse leading in. So I just thought, given your passion for face painting, that you'd uh, you'd roll in here with a different look. Well, I just want something. Just anything that resembles advertising of a game of football. Marvel's a bit hard now because there's all the buildings around it. You don't know there's a match on. I think the AFL's comfortable with that. It, uh, like from, from 100 metres away. When so you, you get, can't when, do any activations outside the stadium? It's a bit cold in winter. Oh, you, Plenty of activation happened inside the ground. Fucking hell, they've got to you. The AFL and Channel 7 have gone to you. <laughs> no, not at all. It's got you, nothing you, to do with Channel you, 7. You used to be... This is not the Mitch I'm, I remembered. I'm completely... Separated from the AFL, and it's it, got nothing to do with seven. Mitch, we worry that, about what happens inside the inside the walls. Oh, I know, because I keep seeing the ads about exclusive inside access. Like Good you, ads. you're doing extra work, or you know, you're trying to <laughs> you're trying to fool people that you haven't paid a billion dollars for the access with your the exclusive rights. It all comes as part of it. Ridiculous. That walkway from Southern Cross to Marvel. Now, I know you probably don't take public transport much because you live in, you know, Middle Park and you just drive everywhere, but, you know, the, the, the blue-collar people. Oh, you're one of those. Well, I got the train in on Sunday. Yep. And I may as well have been walking through Sarajevo <laughs> or Bosnia in the early 90s when the fall of Yugoslavia. Like, it's it's there's nothing there. It is soulless. I hate going there. It makes me feel sad. Damien Hardwick's left the comp and it's rubbed off onto you. Did you watch the slam? Yeah, I did. So yeah. I said I made that point. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people wouldn't have though. Uh, oh. <laughs> At least we have a football show. <laughs> Front bar? You guys have the rights and don't have a football show. Front bar is an That's amazing not a, show. It's not a football show. It's an entertainment show. You guys don't have a, you don't have a football show where you discuss things. Okay. Too expensive, apparently. Too much effort. Saturday Scoop is an amazing product on a Saturday night. Anyway, how was your weekend? Before we get to the weekend... We should address the elephant in the room. You and I should never talk about basketball again. <laughs> yes. I reckon I got five text messages before 8am last week. It's always good to know when drops. your mates are listening. Like yeah. I'm like, I wonder how many of my mates actually listen to this podcast. Mm. And bang, there they were. So so one of my closest mates, Dan, who listens to the podcast, like he's like, I'm 15 seconds into the podcast and I just heard you say that Le- LeBron, <laughs> LeBron hasn't won a ring <laughs> At LA, like, are you alive? Have you seen the last few? And it's funny because, what I, as I explained to him, I was trying to tell him that it only really matters if he wins another one. Yeah. I was sort of trying to make the point that LeBron's career is not going to be really, like the LA part of it's not going to be remembered like the Cleveland, the Miami parts. What if he wins two rings? Yes, well, that changed. It's sort of like, anyway, I've, I've, I've fucked up my own rule, right? Because I said we shouldn't talk about basketball again. Here we are talking about <laughs> basketball. But it's like Isaac Smith. He's won a Norm Smith and a flag, but he's going to be remembered as a Hawthorne player, right? Uh, now, well, you're, you're biased because you're Geelong. But, you know, the objective person, like me, he's not the, – the, the Geelong part of his career will be an add-on. I think that's more like the Dougie Hawkins post-Footscray when he went to Fitzroy. Anyway, I'm not getting in this argument with you. Let's yeah. just not talk about basketball again. Yep. I'll stop wearing basketball Granted. hats and we won't have to do it. Great. My weekend was great. Yeah, a little bit of golf. Yeah, beautiful. A little bit of work. Yep. A few mentions of the tradies. Did, you, did you work on the weekend or? I did. Okay. I uh, was at the Marvel Stadium for Geelong Bulldogs. Yes. Disappointing for your team. They had a win. Which is Geelong. Yeah. We'll Sometimes you don't always barrack for your team. <laughs> How's but my head going tonight? No, I'm six still- and six is a better result than five and seven. Yeah, well, I'm still a bit frazzled because classified- Last so I haven't done it in a while. Yeah, and I don't know how you're like with TV. You do it much more often than I do. In shorter bursts. Yeah, but you do. I'm very much on the phone until 
midnight, 1am, even when I get home at 10 o'clock from a Saturday night game. So I've been really good at that because I've deleted socials. Yeah. I'm actually not like that, but it's more just the emotional energy, which I'm sure people are listening now being like, fucking hell, he's talking about emotional energy. Like, get, yeah. over, get over yourself. I just, I'm just being honest about like when I do radio and then, so I drive straight from AW to nine, which is basically around the corner. Yeah. And then go straight into a meeting and then straight on air. And then you go you to don't take the f- You don't take the footbridge from 3W to 9 and enjoy the face painting and everything that comes with it oh, on that you're footbridge. Such, like, here, see, you're one of these people, right? For those, for those just, people that don't know, that's the same walk that you take to the footy as you would so take. So you, you just want to, because you're footy obsessed, you think that the footy is enough. That's the short-sightedness in you. <laughs> no, I'm massive and on the marketing everything is, that goes with it. This is where you just need to take the next level. And the next step in your career is just <laughs> is just opening up your mind to more than just what happens inside the four walls. I know Seven only care about what happens on the ground yep. because they don't do a show that, that encapsulates oh, that's what this other. is about now. So, but th- there are actually things that matter to football that don't happen on the green stuff. You can still get, the, your, get your face painted inside the, inside the turnstiles. It doesn't matter if it's outside. It's too cold on that foot. Oh, it's too cold. Are you look? Who wants to be standing out in that footbridge for any longer than they need to? Go inside, soak it up there, and then watch the footy. And you can go get your pie. And Have a you beer. been to sports in Europe and the US? Absolutely. Yeah, right. So you're sort of aware that there's usually a small atmosphere outside the ground. Yeah, actually, I'm looking forward to a tailgate party this year. Anyway, yeah, keep going. The only tailgate parties we have at Marvel are people who run into each other on Burke Street because you can't move. <laughs> Because the the place has constant roadworks for the last fifteen years. Well, those Adelaide fans, the Footy Park barbecues out the front. <laughs> oh, I miss the days of the MCG where, like, did you ever did when you went with who, who did you go to footy with when you were young? <laughs> My cousins and uncle and dad. Right? Did they drive ever? All all the time from right. Geelong. Yeah. So, and if you parked at the MCG, yeah, there'd be people having barbecues, yeah. having a couple of beers. Kicking the footy, do you remember all that? Yeah, yeah. And did you used to like kick the footy and? Yeah, but I enjoyed still getting inside as much. As no, 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 no. I'm not. It, that was just a tongue in cheek argument. But now, like the MCG, can't, can't have a beer in the car park because nah, that, you, that that would be just like you're not a good person if you nah. have a beer in the car park. So we've got to stop that. Get moved on very quickly. Don't have don't kick the footy. No, everyone just needs to go from the train to the seat. Let's just sit down and read the record, and that's enough. And don't play music because that might upset people who don't like music. I will play Seriously, the world has gone mental. I love nothing more than a kick on the concourse outside Marvel. Yeah, I know. Anyway, the air raid siren's about to about to go. Anyway, so so you're at home Monday night. Yeah, me and Diva perched up on on the couch. Seinfeld. What season are we talking? Uh, I think I'm up to season. It's just before George's fiance dies from licking the poisonous envelopes. Right. Remember this? So I've never watched it in season blocks. I just watched random episodes. You haven't watched it from start to finish? No. Oh, Mitchell. Key error. <laughs> you have to watch it from start to finish. Do yourself a favour. It's on okay. Netflix at the moment. Yep. Just just go and start season one, episode one. When I get as much spare time as you are. And fly through. That's my, oh. <laughs> Excuse me. I work four <laughs> jobs. You have one. You have one job. And this is one and a half. Yeah, oh, so I have three and a half. Okay, um, but I didn't see any of the I, the first person that said that I'd caused a funeral today was you. Seven o'clock on yeah. Tuesday night, yeah. and this is the benefit of being off socials. Yeah. So it was I assume it was there's probably a bit of stuff on Dusty, a bit of stuff on Carlton. Yeah, the Carlton stuff on you would, <laughs> would take off. Yeah, but the Dusty stuff is relevant to this show, given he's yes. got one year remaining at Richmond. Yes, on around one point two ish, one point four ish. I think you'll stay. Okay. Yeah, and I hope he stays because I hope he stays a Richmond person. He's been an amazing player for a long time. He's been through a lot recently. I hope he stays. It still wouldn't shock me if a club like Sydney or like Gold Coast or even the Giants, if the the cap was to work out, Mm. came to the Tigers with an offer of a first-round pick, given the Tigers don't have a first-round pick currently, where the Tigers could pay a bit of that cash, the club could offer a first-round pick. I know it's a long way away, but it still wouldn't shock me if something was to move later this year. Yeah, I don't think it'll happen now. Yep. That's just my personal opinion. Hey, before we get started, make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button so you don't miss a beat. And also make sure you rate and review the podcast. The whiteboard, where are you starting? I want to start at Geelong. Oh, shocker. <laughs> and that's around a premiership player who found his way out of the team on the weekend. Despite no Paddy Dangerfield, no Mitch Duncan, no Max Holmes, no Cam Guthrie in that midfield, not to mention Joel Selwood, who's retired. And his name is Brandon Parfitt. He is a pre-agent, meaning that he's a free agent next year. <laughs> pre-agent. That's the term. Okay. I have you never heard. heard the industry describe it as that? No. No list managers or football people? No. <laughs> so last year, Jacob Hopper was a 
pre-agent. I, I, I've never heard this. Where Am I late to the party here? Dylan, I'll use the Dylan Shield example where he had 12 months out from becoming a free agent and the Giants, obviously, he obviously had interest from Essendon under contract at the time and the Giants thought, if we get this guy through to free agency, we'll get one compo pick. But the Bombers came with two first-round picks and they basically jumped at the offer knowing that they'll receive more as a trade as a pre-agent as opposed to the compensation they'll get as a free agent 12 months later. Mm. Have I explained that? Adequately, yes. Yeah, obviously Brandon Parfitt, the interest is not going to be through the roof. But anyway, he's a pre-agent this year given he's a free agent in 12 months' time. Stuck in the twos at the moment. And the fact he can't get a game in that midfield with those names missing is a major alarm bell Yeah, me. me. Yeah. So you think he's gone? Not necessarily gone, but I think it'll be a watch as the year unfolds given clubs look at premiership players like that and think, well, gee, if you can't get in that team, where are you sitting with your footy? Mm. On that, the market for inside midfielders always fascinates me given I don't think the market really respects an inside midfielder. Clubs think that they can find them themselves or they've got enough on their list as it is. You look at the names like Luke Dunstan when he was at St Kilda, Connor Blakely, Jed Anderson, even to a degree Tom Mitchell last year when he was at Hawthorne. Yep. It felt like it was basically Collingwood or bust. There was no other clubs really banging down the door for Tom Mitchell. So what I'm saying around the inside mids is there's never an abundance of interest as opposed to a, a match winner or a guy that can, can change a game. Brandon Parfitt's sure. not a match winner. Yep. So I'd be really interested to see where the market rates him in the next 10 weeks, despite having a contract for one more year. I like it. I want to talk about a couple that are already on the whiteboard and give some updates. So can we start at Harry Himmelberg? Yep. So I think you reported on this pod a few weeks ago, Sydney leading the way. Oh, that's where I would have had it. I, I, not That wasn't with any genuine sort of mail or anything, but I think that they're genuinely in the race, given the Leon Cameron link, yep. who's now at the Academy at the Swans, yep. as well as Mark McVeigh, who's his chief lieutenant at the uh, the Swans Academy. And we also know that the Tigers are very much interested. We know that Jack Rewalt's probably playing his last year, although he's mm-hmm. doing an amazing job in the absence of Tom Lynch. Uh, we can add Collingwood. Okay. To the mix as well. Now, Collingwood might have to move a few things around. We know they went after Dan McStay and got him last yep. year. Yep. Now, they're not the same player, but they're not dissimilar. And given, you know, how he's coming back from injury, Murphy and Moore down back. Frampton as well. They just went and got. And Frampton. You would think that if they're going after Himmelberg, it would be as a forward. My check's into his 30s now. Yep. And a, Jen, and a, and a an really, amazing player. Really good player. Yeah. But- Himmelberg, I reckon, he just makes sense at Collingwood because he's an excellent kick, he's a good decision maker, and he's versatile. Mm-hmm. And what we know about Craig McRae is that he loves versatility yep. with his players. We saw that on the weekend we threw Nick Dacos forward. You know, like there's so many players that can add so many different elements to Collingwood's game. Yep. And I don't think they're going to be as potentially high paying as some of the other teams that are interested in Himmelberg. But right now, the aura surrounding Collingwood, I think, is a something that is potentially worth more than money per year. Don't discount the Giants. He's very happy there. He's happy living where he's living. He's always been a Giant, but I would have him more likely to go than stay. Okay, because you were very adamant a few weeks ago that he was more likely to, well, basically at the door. I still think he'll go. Okay. But I'm saying that the, the Giants aren't completely without hope. Putting on the spot here, but for our loyal tradies listeners, these are the yes. questions they like answered. One, two, and three. Who are his most likely most likely suitors? As in Essendon. Where he'll sorry, be where he'll Essendon. be playing next year. Yeah, if I had to rank them. Out of Collingwood, <sighs> Richmond and Sydney. I'd have Richmond one, Sydney two, Collingwood three. Okay. Yep. But very very much a movable face week to week. Yep. Like that's a think calculated guess. My, when you hear a natural uh, link like that, you try and find where the associations are at Collingwood. Yeah. So would he have played with Taylor Adams he and would Will Hoskin Elliott? just, I reckon. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to think what the... Oh, he's got plenty of mates in Melbourne. Tim Torano is one of his Tim best Torino, mates. Tim Torano, one of his best mates. Punt the road. Richmond trained down the road at Punt Road. Yeah. So. Um, and the other one's TDK. Yep. Um, I think he's further out the door. At Carlton, then Himmelberg is at GWS. I can't see him staying. Mm -hmm. And if we're doing rankings, Sydney's eight-year deal and a lot of money has him very interested. Um, St Kilda, also very interested. They're not going to offer as long and they're not going to offer as much, but they offer the lure of Ross Lyon plus playing with Rowan Marshall. 
Yeah. So Tom knowing that he doesn't have to play as that big number one ruck, which he probably would be at Sydney, which comes with an element of pressure in itself. Um, and I, I quite like the St Kilda appeal of, like, I think De Koning and Marshall as a one-two punch is really nice. Oh, I love it. Plus, he gets to go down forward and rest next to Max King. Yeah. Kind of works. Essendon will offer a lot of money. Uh, I don't think it'll be eight years. I think probably seven. Um, and again, you know, the offer of him playing with Draper. Yeah. It's a pretty mean combo. Um, Phillips has been really good as that combo, but clearly, you know, doesn't have the weapons that a De Koning would. And so you you still think De Koning doesn't want to be a genuine number one ruckman? No, I don't. Because he didn't look out of place. He did not look out of place, just to be clear, against Grundy and Gorn on the weekend. He's, yeah, I was at that game. His ruck work was good. I thought he got beaten around the ground. Yeah, not, not, he didn't have his colours lowered significantly. I no. think they, they got him, they worked him over and they're, just their natural size and years in the system, I think, won out. But he wasn't blown off the park, in my view. No. I just think Carlton at that point where if someone's going to offer him 800, yeah. they'll let him leave and, you know, try to get a, a really top pick out of it and maybe package up whatever their first pick, which looks like it's going to be a top 10 pick, and yeah. that for something else. Yeah. Maybe get higher up the draft. Where do you see his value being? I'm sort of thinking end of first round, early second now for Tom DeConing, given he had that time out of the... Nah, it's got to be more than that. Got to be more? Well, if so, so say if Sydney come at the end of the year, and he, let, let's say... Yeah, that's true. So yeah. So for those who don't know how it works, which is it, it is quite interesting. So Robbie DeRazio is Tom DeConing's manager, and at Connors Sports, and, and TLA um, do this pretty well as well, but I reckon probably Connors has probably got the best record of it. If their player wants to go, they first make sure that they can get a deal done so that you don't end up with a situation of Joe Danaher requesting to go to Sydney and the mm. deal doesn't get done. If De Koning says to, and this is all this is all me guessing, right? If De Koning gets to the end of the year and says, Robbie, I want to go to Sydney. It's like, okay, how does Sydney get the deal done? Yeah. You know, where to fin- where did Sydney finish if they finish 10th? So that means they'll have what, pick eight? Yep. Yep. Sydney... Starting position will be, well, we don't only give pick eight. And Carlton's starting position will be, well, you've offered him eight years at yeah. 850 grand. So you will be giving pick eight. Yeah. Otherwise, we'll be keeping him. And then there's this whole standoff of, well, is he going to go to the preseason draft? No one's going to let him go to the preseason draft. It, it's the managers will start trying to do the trade before the trades are done. Yeah. So the managers become this middleman, really, a conduit, for, yeah. yeah, for want of a better term, between the list manager at oh, yeah. Carlton. I kind of delve into Nick, this. Nick Austin. Yeah. And who do they usually deal with at Sydney? Kenny Beatson. Kenny Beatson or Charlie Gardner. Or Charlie Gardner, who's their, their head of footy. Yeah. And they start the negotiation process. So that'll be really interesting. It's not just about where players want to go. It's about, well, is the place that you want to go, are yeah. they able to get the deal done? Yeah. Because if not, the club that you're currently at, i.e. Carlton, are going to make it really tough unless they get what they want out of it. Yeah. Because remember, if it happens, Carlton will turn around and ask for something ridiculous. They'll say, well, we want Tom Papley. We nearly got him a few years ago. Love those stories. We want him again. Yeah. Last, last we'll, year, North Melbourne asked for Zach Butters as part of the Horn Francis deal. Yeah. Well, you, you asked the question, right? Yeah. And I just want to spike Nat Fife, yeah. who since we last did a pod, has re-signed for two more years at, uh, at Fremantle. We had him on Wide World Sports with uh, Matthew Lloyd, and he thinks he's got more in the tank than just two years. And he said it took him 45 seconds to decide that he wanted to stay at Freo. Right. So even if the Victorian clubs came for him, he didn't really consider it. I hope he does. I've got my doubts, naturally, given his body of work over the last two or three years. Yep. So he's got 12 games left this year, maybe finals, plus 22, plus 22. It's a lot of footy still ahead in those two and a half years of Mm. the contract. Uh, But if anyone can do it, and his professionalism and the amount of hours he commits to himself and his body over the summer, fingers crossed, because Freo are a better side when he's up and going. So do you want to go up and write Brandon Parfit, in the words of Brian Taylor? up on the whiteboard, and you can spike Nat Fife as well. I think the whiteboard's looking nice. I still wonder, it happens every single year, who is the player, and they're usually contracted, who's the player that comes out of the woodwork around somewhere between rounds 15 and rounds 20? There's always one, isn't there? And there'll be one this year, Mitchell. There will be. Who's going to be the one that breaks it? Will it be you? Will it be Tom? It's what the uh, hours and phone calls go into for these very things. Mm. So if you hear one or you let us know, find us at, at Tradies Podcast. You're asking for our audience oh, to know. tell you when our job is to tell them. Or uh, list managers. I know plenty of them listen. Player managers. Do they? they the list managers yes. listen. There's a lot of good player managers that tune into this podcast. Really? Mm. Some very good ones out there. One day I want you to give me what I want you to give me your top five player managers. 
Man. That's just career just, suicide. Just to piss the people off. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to do it, but I want, you, I want you to do it. Can I just talk quickly before we get to your nuts and bolts, which I've been looking forward to all week? Was that another just quickly? I've got a lot of feedback. Yeah, give I've me that. I've got a lot of give feedback on the text. I, I threw that how, in there. About how you say just quickly and then proceed to talk about something for five or six minutes. I threw that in there because you were hot on it from one of your mates. Mm. So. Just quickly. This was David Kosh speaking on 3AW pre-game footy on Saturday. Really interesting chat, talking about how he wants Ken Hinckley to be a 20-year coach at Port Adelaide. And as much of the decision around Ken as it falls on Port Adelaide, plenty of it falls on Ken. But he also spoke about the decision and what it has for the impacting on trading and drafting and recruiting. This is David Kosh speaking on AW. A senior coach loses connection with a player. You know, that's a time you've got to reassess. That certainly is not the case and hasn't been over the 10 years with Kenny. Then there's the implications on recruitment. You know, some players only come to a club, have come to our club, because they'll be coached by Ken. So there's a whole lot of other things that you've got to throw in the pot. Now, that interests me. My ears pricked up there, thinking what Port Adelaide still has to do for the rest of this year in terms of its contract status around a few plus some targets. So Miles Bergman and Mitch Georgiatis are the two contract priorities for Port Adelaide. I look at them and a bit of the fly on the wall scenario. I'd love to be sitting in their contract meetings with Jason Cripps, the head of list management at Port Adelaide. One of the best, one of the most experienced. And Chris Davies, the head of footy at the Power, who has been linked a number of times to the AFL head of footy vacancy, but Mm. remains adamant. He wants to stay at Alberton. What does Ken's future mean for these guys? Port Adelaide consistently say they're not going to make a call on Ken until August. I'm of the view that neither of these guys can make a call on their futures until August. Mm. Is Ken their coach for 24? Is he their coach for three years in advance? What's happening around the future? Is the new coach an experienced coach coming in? Is he an inexperienced coach coming in? So like Koshi just pointed out in that grab we heard, as much as Ken has to make a call and the power need to make a call around what happens for on-field and the power's future success. It has a major factor in their current list and also what they do in the trade space. Now, everyone you speak to, or from my end, you speak to as to the power targets, everyone consistently mentions my man, Ben Mackay. It's one that they approached last year, but now he's a free agent and out of contract in mm. 23 as one they're consistently linked with. He might well be happy to go to Port not knowing what's happening with Ken Hinckley's future. But there needs to be a decision made sooner rather than later at Port because Ben Mackay and the targets of the guys they're chasing need to know. Yeah, I think it's a really interesting point. I think it probably affects when you're going after A-grade talent. And yeah. I'm not saying that Ben isn't necessarily that. But I think because Ben's coming from a club that are having their own problems yeah. with their coach at the moment, their own issues, and are also struggling. The, the lure of going to Port Adelaide, even if it's not under Ken and under Coach X, I don't think will worry him too much. But if Port were going out and getting Clayton Oliver, yeah, probably doesn't want to leave Melbourne and what he's got there. That's a good point. Knowing that, well, yeah, I'm going to be playing with some good players, but I don't know who the coach is going to be. That doesn't... Mm. That what about me. for Georgie Artis and, and Bergman? Yeah, agree. yeah, great. So Georgie Artis so spoke what? about the managers. So that, he'll go and sit down, you think, in the next few weeks after his ACL with Tom Seckle, his manager from Hemisphere Management, go back to Perth and, and sort through that. So you, you think... Then you've got the Bergman one with his agency at Capital. You think Koshy's being slightly short-sighted? I just think it's a catch-22 that they're right. happy to play the long game with Ken, but then as, Ke- as Koshy points out himself, it will have an impact on these guys. You know, Miles Bergman... He's going to go and sit with his agency at Capital in the next few weeks when they've got their buy. Yep. The clubs are going to be throwing themselves at him and his mind is going to start having to tick over in the next few weeks. Do I start exploring these other options? He doesn't even know what's happening in his own club yet. How about Mitch waiting for Koshy to the week that he resigns <laughs> from Channel 7 and then has a crack at him? That is amazing. It's as intelligent as it Watch gets. Watch out, Sherpo. <laughs> wow. Nat Barr and Mitch Cleary mm. on Sunrise. Just got a ring to it. Yeah, from Saturday scoop to sunrise. <laughs> now that's got a ring to it. Let's get to this. Oh yes. Okay, nuts and bolts time. You've got a glow about you. Hawthorne taking on Brisbane this weekend at the G. So I thought, I thought we'd go back, and I've I've gone to the notepad here. <laughs> I had a little bit of spare time on my hands this afternoon. It's a real hardback operation for those guys that I'm a real Spyrax, just the soft cover, but yeah, Sam's no. a hardback. Because I ruined the Spyraxes. Uh, yeah. The cover ends up getting like broken within two weeks. So this is my second hardback of the year. I just started a second. Jeez, a lot of notes. Yeah. I noticed you just come in with a computer. Yeah. So you're not and much of a- my phone notes. So you're not much of a handwritten guy? No, I've got the Spyrax out there too. I'm a big handwritten guy. 
You know the big problem with me though is I go back through notes and I can't read them. <laughs> and I so often don't date them. Oh, geez, that's a big story over there. You just scrolled past. What? What was it? No, I'm just making. Oh, goodness me. So September 2017. Yes. It's September 4, which is a Monday. First Monday after round 23. Luke Hodge and Bob Murphy have just been carried off. Hawthorne playing the Western Bulldogs, both missed finals, both legends of the game. It was the joint carry-off, wasn't both, it? Yeah, both retiring at Marvel Stadium. It was the carry-off to the umpire's race. That's right. So I'm doing SEN breakfast at the time, which I don't know if you remember, it was like the relaunch of SEN. I'm making a big deal of it. and It was my first year doing it. So we used to do Mondays at AFL House because they they cut a deal, SEN cut a deal with AFL.com.au. You would have been working there at the time, I would think, 2017? I think I left 12 months later to go to AFL.com.au. Okay. But a lot of dealmakers in that room, yep. AFL and, and SEN. So, yeah, that's right. And so the, the show was multi-streamed. So it was on SEN, but it was also if you're on AFL.com.au, you could click on yep. and, and watch Gary and Tim and Hamish. Like a poor man's Mike and Mike. Yeah, very similar. I actually thought it was a great idea. I'm surprised I don't do more of it. Anyway, besides the point. I get wind that Gold Coast are trying to lure Hodge out of retirement. And Mark Evans is the CEO at the time. For those of you who don't know, Mark uh, was at, in a senior position at Hawthorne for a long time when they were winning their, um, a lot of their flags. Been, it was then head of football at the AFL, and Gillian McLaughlin basically sent Mark Evans to the Gold Coast to fix them. Yep. So I've gone with a story. The Gold Coast Suns are trying to lure Luke Hodge out of retirement to play on, and there's even talk that they might make him captain. You can imagine how big the story was at the time. Because Abbott's still here by this stage at the Suns? Uh, yes, I think so. Yeah, when did he come back to Geelong? Yeah, 19 or 18. Yeah. So I've gone with a story, and this is back in the day where I did have Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> And so just for, so you got this is Monday morning September four you spent all Sunday on this so Hodgie's being carried off on like the Saturday night Saturday night I reckon it was yeah all Sunday and a bit of Monday morning it's blown up like it's got within twenty minutes it's on every news outlet you know bombshell report Hodge to come out of retirement right and you know that feeling when you drop a big story like that and you feel sick you start yeah. I don't know if you're like this but I'm a bit of a catastrophizer so like I I'd get out and be like shit imagine if it's wrong even though You've gotten it to a point where you know it's not wrong. Yeah. But there's still that element in you that you'll never be able to get rid of. Yeah. That's like, oh my God, imagine you start playing out the embarrassment of is it wrong or like, you know, what's your reputation going to be like? And because every big story you feel like you're sort of like putting your reputation on the line. And this is 2017. So it's what, six years ago. So I'm 25. It's a big kind of period in your life, yeah. I reckon, for a journal. Anyway, I let it play out. Later that day, phone rings. Now, I've never told this story and I don't. I haven't run it past him whether I'm okay to tell this story, but fuck it. Luke Hodge. Mate, can you stop telling people I'm going to Gold Coast? <laughs> it's bullshit. Stop. And you're, I'm sending you my phone bill for the next three weeks because I've been on the phone the entire day today. So on a level of one to ten, how much is it anger? Or is it more jovial from Hodgie? It's it's a good dose of both. Okay. <laughs> it's a good and like so for those who don't who don't know him, mm. Luke, an amazing person, but very to the point and will tell you what he thinks. Mm -hmm. Always respectful. But this is why he was such a good captain, right? Because he yeah. just said stuff how it was. And I was like, Oh, okay, so you're not going to the Gold Coast. And he's like, No, I'm not. Okay? Done. End of story. Hang up. <laughs> I was like, Oh my god, I've got like I've got this wrong. Having said that, in the story, I didn't go with that he's going. I, I, I put it as I sold it as the Gold Coast are going after him, attempting to lure yeah. him out, which was a hundred percent true. Yeah, well, you, but he's turned that. You know, the, the other then, the, the other the, networks that turn it up that that Hodge said to come out of retirement. It's no, no, he's trying to be lured out of retirement. Right. So then, and you'll appreciate this for the next few days, the denial stories start being written. Oh yeah, right. And there's the usual suspects that write sort of these. I'm not going into names. Names. Um, hey? Names. No. No, not this time. <laughs> not not deserving of being mentioned on tradies. Um, <laughs> and it just starts turning into, you know, McClure got it wrong. He's not like, Hodge is enjoying retirement. Blah, blah, blah. I've had conversations with Hodge's manager at that stage, Paul Connor, is sort of laughing. He's like, he's not playing for Gold Coast. Blah, blah, blah. So that's September 4. And so a couple of weeks go past. And the story's kind of like petered out. But the people that I trust are still saying, mate, there's something in it. Like, you just keep following it. Like, this isn't over. I was like, really? Okay. So then things step up a little bit. 
I get wind. This is mid-September, I think, the week. I think it's preliminary final week. Mm-hmm. I get wind that on grand final week, Hodge is going to be in Sydney delivering a speech at some function and that things had changed and he was – the my sources were very well placed and they were telling me he was going to play next year. And I'm like, so something's changed with Gold Coast. Something's changed. And then another source came through and went, mate, I think you're in the right state. I think you've got the wrong team. Mm. And I was like, oh, my God. This makes so, so much sense. Did it sense. all start to click? Chris, Chris Fagan. Even the Hodgie conversation, though? Like, like- yeah. Because he didn't tell me that, like, it was – like, I completely made it up. He was just mm. like, I'm not playing for Gold Coast. Yeah. And I'm like, the Fagan connection, how did I not see this? Like, of course, this makes sense now. So this is where it gets fairly political. At the time, I'm writing for The Age – four days a week, but I'm also employed by Channel 7, doing Footy Central on Friday and Saturday nights and on Talking Footy yep. when, it, when it still existed. So I have to go to my editor, Chloe Salto, and I have to go to the head of footy at 7, who's still the head of footy, Gary O'Keefe. Yep. Both great people. And so it started this negotiation process of, guys, I think I've got this massive story. I need to go to Sydney. I need a camera and I need to, to doorstop Hodge. So Wednesday of grand final week. September 27th, right? So 23 days after I've gone on air and said, I think he might play for Gold Coast. I fly to Sydney by myself. Yeah. And I'm trying to avoid being seen at any airport by anyone. Because like me going to Sydney is sort of irregular, particularly in grand final week. Get to Sydney, camo picks me up. So who's paid for the camo? Seven? Seven. And this was a talking but, footy operation? Yeah. But the age know I'm going. Yeah. And this is the Wednesday. Wednesday. Was talking footy on, Had a, was there a pre-grand final one? No, yeah, it was a pre-grand final live on Wednesday at 7.30. Okay, yeah. So that that night. So I get there, Camo we, we, uh, drives from the airport to the place where he's doing the speech. So I, I poke my head in, Hodge is still being interviewed. He comes out. I was like, you ready? Ready's coming, he's coming. Ready, ready. And by the way- This I'm, is your first doorstop. Pretty much. Well, first exclusive doorstop. Yeah. And he comes out. He should have seen his face like- what are you doing here? Camera on, microphone in the face. Luke, I think you're playing on next year. Is it Brisbane? And he's like, well, look, there's a few things that have to be worked through. I'm like, oh, my God. I have to talk to my family. You know, I've had a couple of chats with Faze. How good's that? I was like, my, I was like And it hadn't been, he hadn't been linked to Brisbane at this stage? No, not, not even slightly. So everyone else had just, like, forgotten about the story and yeah. thought that it was just bullshit. So we get it, and it was got me thinking about your story about Dusty. It was 2017 is just on the verge of not being able to send stuff back wirelessly. So yeah. they gave me the disc. Yeah. So I put the disc in the in the pocket, fly back to- What were you wearing? A suit? Or suit. Yeah. Yep. Uh, actually, not- I wasn't on camera, so no, I wouldn't have been. Fly back, go straight to seven, disc's okay. Then then the, the management of the story um, has to be worked through because the age- want to put it on the front page but i'm sitting here going you have to break at the same time i go on air at talking footy yeah jesus is delicate because they're like, rivals yeah but also every call you make when you've got a story you're thinking it's one step closer to this getting out i was positive that it was positive that tom brown on seven news at six was going to ruin it not because i knew he had anything just because you know it's like tom's is always so close to the ground yeah he doesn't miss much but it wasn't so i'm doing a live I've never done another one. Um, what are they called? It's a it's a live uh, age event that they do at Flinders Street where it's it's underneath. There's about 500 people in the crowd. It's an exclusive subscriber event. It was me, Caro, and I think Gleese or Jake. And we basically talk about the biggest stories of the year and no one knew anything. So the only person that knew was Chloe, was my sports editor. And sorry, this is the Wednesday? Yep. And Chloe- So and- you've come back from Sydney and gone to this event? Yep. And that then, night, and then gone to Talking Footy. And then have to go straight from Flinders Street to Talking Footy. Jeez, he's gone the triple invoice. Amazing. What a day. Amazing. Actually, I did I did that for free. And you would have SEN breakfast event. in the morning? Yep. Four. Yep. And I was living in a share house with my three best mates at oh. the time. Yeah, there was a lot going on in my life. Diva wasn't even on the scene. Diva not even born at this stage. Unbelievable. Pre-Diva. Your dog, for those that are tuning in. Yeah, Greyhound. Um, so it's the, the event finishes at seven o'clock. I've got to get from Flinders Street to Docklands and on camera and do the story live at seven thirty. <laughs> at seven and at the makeup six takes their time with you. Well, no, that's not true because you can't put too much makeup on me, otherwise <laughs> I sort of look weird. Um, K 
Caro, could be, this is why she's the best, right? At like 6.55, live in front of 500 people, just goes, you're a bit cagey tonight, Sam. You're sitting on a big story or something. And I went, well, I think everyone should just refresh the age at about 7.30. Oh. Oh, right. So I've given the 500 people like a little taste, right? Anyway, I was petrified I was going to get out. It didn't. We started talking footy with Luke Darcy, Sam McClure, big story, live studio audience, right? First TV thing I've done with a live studio audience. Sam McClure, massive story. What is it? Luke Hodge is playing on in 2018 and he's going to be wearing a Brisbane Lions jumper. Everyone's like, holy shit. And then the age, I actually found the story online today. So it says here 7.49 p.m. So there must have been a 7.45 deal, I would think. And Hawthorne legend Luke Hodge is on the verge of resuming his playing career with the Brisbane Lions after being approached by coach and close friend Chris Fagan. Hodges confirmed that Fagan has been in contact with him about a deal that would lead him to play for at least one season before moving into coaching. Then he gives a quote, and it says he Hodge told Channel 7's Talking Footy <laughs> on Wednesday. So the deal was that the age could have the quotes and go with it at the same time, but only if they quoted Talking Footy. So the front page of the age on the Thursday of grand final week was an exclusive from me, but the quotes were from their direct rival, Channel 7. So just take us through that. So for, for a lot of people who wouldn't know, the deal making that goes on here. So oh, my God. You've got to ring your boss. So obviously so footy- So stressful. Uh, talking footy have paved your fights. They know what's going on. They know everything. But you've got no real commitment until the age at all, really. Like- in saying that you, you, Seven's flown you to Sydney. Yep. But the age the age aren't on the phone to you every minute of the day. Oh, where are you? What are you doing? You're happy to, you're sort of, like they wouldn't have known you were going up there until you rang them with the story, right? Yeah. They didn't know until the morning of. Yeah. I held it and was like, I've got to go to Sydney today. I'm like, what? Yeah. I was like, I promise you, it'll be worth your while. You just got to let me go. Yeah. And I'm going to have to talk to you about a deal when I get back. Now, this is when you need a good boss. Yeah. Chloe Salto, long-time journo herself. Yeah. Sports editor, unbelievable. And we developed a good sort of rapport and relationship and trust. And she was like, okay. We'll and still the age sports editor to this day. Yep. 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 Best boss I've ever had. Now, the interesting thing here is neither the age nor Channel 7 employed me on a full-time basis. Mm. The only person, people that did was SEN. I remember the next morning on the Thursday, walking into Gary. So Gary Lyons hosts the SEN breakfast. Quite rightly, he was like, hang on. <laughs> Yeah. You broke this story on our show on September 4. You got the club wrong, but the state right. And now seven and the age are getting the exclusive. But he understood because it's like it's a it would have been impossible for me to hold that story for another 12 hours yeah. and break it on radio. Yeah. And like a lot of people would have listened to SEN the next day knowing because yeah. of the story. So like everyone was happy in the end, but it was very stressful. And I think Hodgie probably didn't want to hear from me for a good six months afterwards. <laughs> That's great. I so, love that. Hodge went up to Brisbane, yep. played, coached, now back at Channel 7, where he was originally going to go, by the way, in 2018. He basically already signed a deal with Seven. That's incredible. Fantastic story. So that's nuts and bolts. I love that. Sam on the doorstop. I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> You'd be there in a heartbeat. If you've got a suggestion for nuts and bolts, hit us up on Twitter or via Instagram page at Tradies Podcast. Over-unders. Ben Mackay. We're back at Ben. Oh, I took great pleasure in watching his match on Sunday evening. Have you met Ben? Yes. Right. So you guys are buddies. I wouldn't say buddies. We get along. Do you text? No. <laughs> <laughs> Do you listen to his podcast? I'll tell you what about Ben Mackay. He's very switched on to everything that happens. Yeah, he is. Harry's the same. Oh, very so. Very yeah, yeah, much yeah. so. They're very much the modern day footballers. Yeah. They understand the media. Yeah. They engage in it. They control what comes out. I like them. I did a great story last year for Seven on their uh, sprint training. They do. I remember this story. Yep. Because we were all trying to get them together and you know, impossible during the season. They were into year six or seven at that stage of never having played against each other. Yep. And it's the chemistry that they bounce off. You can see why the podcast works so well. Mm. And they, yeah, most twins are really, really close mates. They're tight, but they love to hang shit on each other. Mm. Anyway, 14 intercept possessions on the weekend. It was the game he needed to prove to the competition that he's a genuine free agent this year. And I think back to his value of what he was probably being raised in rounds one, two, and three when he was... Just just remind us all of that. How much? Up to $800,000 He can't be an $800,000 player. Well, he couldn't have picked a better team to do you think perform ben against. McCoy, do you think Ben McCoy is as good as Stephen May? No. Yeah, so he, no, he can't be. But the thing is... Love you, Ben, but not 800 As I say, as a free agent, it probably adds 15 20% to your, to your pay yeah, packet. because you don't have to pay... A pick for them. Yeah. So, as I said, he couldn't have played a better game against a better opponent because watching that, all I could think of was this is the exact player Essendon need 
right now. Mm. They've got Jordan Ridley, who's a superb interceptor. Uh, Brandon Zerk Thatcher's playing undersized at the moment. Like we got monstered by Tom Hawkins. Mm. Going to be a very good player, but just not in that sort of that zone for me. And Zach Reed with his concerns around his body, you know, another hammy. Oh no, he's a, he's. He's, He's a, a great player in need. Yep. Like I said earlier in this show, I think Port Adelaide is the one that just continues to get linked to him and, and most likely the, clearly clearly the front runner for, for Ben Mackay. But I think if, if Essendon had gone back to their bunker at Talmarine on Monday morning after that game, mm. I think his name would have been circled on their on their whiteboard given what he can do and the need for the player they've got at the I, Bombers. I love when you say a whiteboard on this podcast. It's not about our whiteboard. <laughs> yeah. It's like a movie where the name of the movie gets mentioned in the movie. Oh. It's like, oh, yes. Um, yeah, okay. No, no, I understand the point. By the way, there is a senior football person at a footy club. He's a head of football that listens to this pod that thinks that I underrate players' money by 10 to 15%. Oh, that's cons- good. Consistently. So he's more at your camp. Yeah, right. Mm. Apparently, I'm I'm in the dark ages with cash. You're like one of those old school footballers. Oh, he's not worth a million dollars because back in my day, I only earned $600,000. Is that what I sound like? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do a controversial little overs-unders, Tim Taranto. Oh. So I know that there's been the back and forth from uh, our mate Cornsey about, you know, he's not the best... 150 players in the comp, but just his um, his season so far. So he's getting paid less than 800. He's on about 750 thousand dollars a year. Over seven. Yep. Yep. I think he's played better since the Kane stuff really took off. No, I think he's had. I think he's been good basically. All he's year. been okay all year. I, no, 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 no. He hasn't been okay all year. Can I finish my over unders? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> I just had to listen to Ben McKay for three minutes. I can't have, like ten, then. can't have ten seconds on on my man. Um. He'd be leading their best and fairest by so far, it doesn't matter. And he's in the top 10 of the coaches' votes. Yes. He's probably right now in the top 12 in the Brownlow medal count, maybe top 15. Mm-hmm. He's playing like a $950,000 out- output, and they're getting him significantly cheaper than that. I'm not saying that he's going to continue to play like that yeah. for, for seven years, yeah. and we'll have to look at it in yeah. its totality. Completely understand that. But right now, yeah. he's Richmond and, and Blair Hartley for what they got him for. Blair Hartley been the list manager, by the way. He he has gone well and beyond that value. He's he's been an excellent pickup. Yeah, they probably don't win that game on the weekend without him, do they? No, and the, the previous week he had thirty five and kicked four. Yeah, in he's, a loss. He's never been a good kick, mm. and I mean that extremely respectfully because he's got so many other attributes. He's tough. He tackles a lot. He works both ways. He goes forward and kicks goals. He can actually play as a forward. He's very good above his head. Like, very good above his head. Chris Judd wasn't a great kick. Yeah. Two-time Brownlow medalist. Paddy Dangerfield's not the best kick. Paddy Dangerfield, not the best kick. And all these guys admit it and yeah. own it. You don't have to be the best kick to be the best player. It's just a, it's a combination of all attributes. And right now, Tim Taranto mm-hmm. is worth every cent plus more of what Richmond are paying. I'll give you that. Thank you. No more gaps. Who are we doing? The Western Bulldogs. Yes. They were flying up until a fortnight ago. Yep. Then they caught the Darwin Heat and Gold Coast. And then Geelong on the weekend. Yep. With a midfield that... Looked nothing like they won the flag with, and still got over the fact, still got over the Bulldogs on their home deck. Yep. Where are your biggest holes on the Western Bulldogs list? So they're a really interesting one. Um, I think that they're pretty well stocked up forward. We there's been a lot of talk about their key positions. Clearly, moving Lob to the wing has been um, so that Luke Beveridge and the footy department can save face from dropping him. Given that they got him in for a specific role, now they're hiding him on the wing. I reckon they're very stubborn as well. They're yeah, James compl- O'Donnell completely. The kid, the Simon O'Donnell's son, yep. come in and hasn't set the world on fire. Keeps I think game. Bevo wants to see him have a breakout game before he drops him back to the twos. Yeah. They've got a lot of ball winners in the middle um, and they've got a lot of elite runners, you know, like your McCrae's and like your Bailey Smith, who are the Energizer bunnies that will just keep going. Um, they they lack down back. Liam Jones has been a really good pickup for them, but, you know, you can't really trust Keith and Gardner, mm-hmm. I think, to take on the big monsters. So they're lacking a key back. Like, Jones has been superb. Yeah. Ironically, if you uh, if Jacob Wiedering and Liam Jones were to team up again, but not for Carlton for the Western Bulldogs, like that for me just increases the Bulldogs team by 20%. So that's the sort of player that they're missing. A Wiedering? I think so. Yeah. Like another really classy key back mm. that is a good decision maker. What about a Himmelberg? And a good leader down there. Because don't forget the dogs don't, sorry, the dogs got two first round picks. So they do yep. have a bit of currency. And Himmelberg's a free agent. So I've just. Well, he, he, yeah. Just forget I just what I said. No, no, no. I, I know what you're saying. But like Himmelberg's sort of like. Yeah. They're similar players. So I, I put, like, if I was the Western Bulldogs, I'd play Norton back because I think they've got enough forward. Like, I think that they can kind of survive with. Lob and Jamara, and depending on where they where they play Darcy, mm-hmm. but they're lacking a 
a really good ball user through the middle, I think. Now, Bontempelli is that, yeah. we know, but, you know, like, Trelaw's more your gut runner both ways. Smith, the same. Um, McRae's a really nice kick, but he's he's your neat and tidy, get 40 disposals player. Yeah. Daniel's a halfback flanker, but like an amazing kick. Same with the Bailey Williams. but Bailey Dale as well. And Bailey Dale. But that midfielder who can slice you going forward, which, look, they don't grow on trees, do they? But just think they lack. And it's interesting because they gave away Dunkley, but Dunkley's not that. Dunkley's again. I, I got why they got rid of Dunkley. I understood it. Well, wasn't really their choice. They were desperate to keep him. I'm not sure they were. I think they would like to tell you that they were. Uh, yeah, they probably, they they probably knew- didn't come hard enough at the, at the contract no, table. No, they knew he was disposable because of the guys that they had that were similar to him. Like They were stacked in the midfield. Yeah. But now they find themselves, like the first four weeks when Beveridge was talking about how bad they were, they were kicking at 51, 52%. And that's just, you, you, you can't be doing that when Collingwood are playing the way they're playing and they are slicing teams because they've got 18 blokes who can kick the footy unbelievably yeah. well. Then they kind of changed their, their, their game plan and they went back to that run and gun and dare and just move the ball forward and take territory style. Now they're falling away a little bit again and I just think they're kicking the ball terribly. Like That team to me is with a team full of ball winners, mm. is screaming out for someone who can use the ball going forward apart from Bond. Yeah. I wouldn't underestimate Jason Johannesson's move to halfback either, and he's been injured the last few weeks. What, really- do you, what do you see when you look at their list and what they need? I'm fascinated to see what they do with Sam Darcy, where he settles. I, I watched a lot of them over preseason. I think he's a more natural centre-half back. I think at this stage of his career- I agree with that. And his reading of the play- Yeah. I saw him stand up in packs that included Bruce, Norton, um, Jamara, and Lobb and just pluck marks in like packs of four and five over summer. And I was stunned that they played him in the latter parts of the preseason as a forward, given what he'd shown in preseason as a defender. Yeah, well, he, yeah. Because he, he did a bit last year. That game, was it ran, the last game of the season? Against Dan Hawthorne. Against Hawthorne. Started he, back, he, went he, forward. He changed the game when he went when he went forward because Hawthorne were on top in that game. Um, ironically, I think if Hawthorne had won that game, Carlton wouldn't have needed to beat Collingwood. But anyway, yeah. it's not as I'm scared about that day. Um, oh, so I'm with you. I think Darcy back takes pressure off him. Yeah. And they can always throw him forward yeah. if they need to. But but what do you think about what I was saying about their, their midfield? No, like, I agree. Yeah, there's a lot of guys. Because they've got so many good players in there. Yep. The other part of the the field, I think, is, and they sort of addressed this in the uh, the mid-season draft, which was a phenomenal intake, the mid-season draft. When did the mid-season draft happen? Uh, Last Wednesday. It was Wednesday. Yeah. I missed it. What happened? You're poorer for that. What happened? 12, 13 players were taken, a couple of second chances. Who went pick what? Ryan Marrick at West Coast. Who's that? 193 centimetre sort of mid-Bailey Fritch type forward. Will he play this week? Uh, Maybe in the next two weeks. Okay. Pretty quiet in the waffle. I'm excited. Yep. He was quiet in the you waffle. You sense my excitement. He was quiet in the waffle, but he's going to be a good pick-up for West Coast. Okay. Yeah. Uh, played well in the VFL for Box Hill before he went over there. Okay. Uh, they had Caleb Poulter, who many people know as an ex-Collingwood player, mm. landed at the Bulldogs as Did a mid-season draftee. Okay. Had been playing for Footscray. Right. So that tells me that they were a bit short on the wing. They went and got Oscar Baker last preseason. I think the star... They lost Lipinski, obviously. Yeah. So that... Um, that classy wingman is probably still a need in future. Not many of those is the nah. only thing I'd say is that like you could probably pick fourteen of the eighteen clubs mm. and say that they would love a classy winger, right? Well, Melbourne have got Hunter and Langdon right now, and they're both they're, up there. They're good. Yeah. Hunter's the other thing as well up. for the dogs is the pure small forward. Arthur Jones has been super this year. Artie, I've loved yeah. him, but outside of him, they haven't really got much else. No, Riley that, Garcia. No, that's why they tried to, to use Johansson forward, right? Yes. For that very reason. Raleigh West sort of been stuck in the twos. Raleigh yep. Garcia. Um, they've got a couple of guys that roll through there. But apart from Arthur Jones, there's not much. So a pure attacking small forward. You look at the last few teams of one flags. Melbourne with Spargo, Neil Bullen and Pickett. Pickett. Geelong last year with Close, Rowan and Stengel. Rowan's more your mid, but yeah, take Yeah, point. but pressures. And then Richmond with like when Castagna was all up them, and going. Yeah. Butler, Rioli, yep. all those. So... For me, the dogs probably like one other genuine crumbing pressure mm. small forward because Cody Waitman is a bit for me like a Jamie Elliott. He's not really a pressure. Yeah, he's your, no, he's your mid-size, really good above his head, small, yeah. smaller forward. Plays a bit taller. Uh, okay, follow Tradies on Spotify or iHeart or subscribe on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to ask us a question, hit us up via well, not me because I'm off Twitter at Cleary underscore Mitch or the Tradies Instagram and TikTok accounts at Tradies Podcast. How's that TikTok going? Very well. Is it? Yes. Okay. Scotty's doing a great job with it. Yeah, one of the best producers in the business, Scotty. I want to ask about whether you've got a burner on Twitter next week, so we might put that on the rundown. What do you mean? No, we'll just have to wait for next week. No, I'm not wasting. Is this the stupid um, yeah. 
what's his name? Uh, Whisperer. No, I'm not. And it's ridiculous that I even have to have to answer that. I get one question a week about this. So, like, can I just ask you a dumb question? <laughs> Why would I waste my time? I, I know creating that. a burner but account. People out there genuinely think I already cop enough shit <laughs> being me. Why would I have to create another person to cop more shit from? Well, how, how does that make sense from anyone's perspective? You've got, the floor is yours. I, you 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 preach into the choir here. I'm not. I'm not the trade whisperer. Great. It's good that's been knocked on the head. <sighs> For goodness sake. Uh, what's on this week? Um, I'm just living day to day at the moment. You know, every day is a day to you know another day to get better. Hey, when was your last big story? Um, it's a good question. Mm, I thought so. I just live in. The, you're only as good as your, what tomorrow holds. No, you're only as good as your last big story. That's <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm trying to remember when was your last big story. Um, I'll get back to you on that. The last big footy story was Tom Morris breaking. Yeah, Dimmer. What was the one before that? That hasn't been a year of like huge. The Hawth- there's been some big updates in the Hawthorne. Yeah, but like there hasn't been a. I can't wait for the next, like out of nowhere story. Yeah, it'll be a player. And then we'll try to steal the story and pretend that it was ours <laughs> and talk about it. I remember Mick Water always used to say to me, if you don't break the story, make sure you grab it and break the next part of the story. Yeah. And then people start to forget who broke the original story. Yeah. We've got to work out where Dimmer's going now. Hasn't he been living it up? Yeah. In Denver. Have you been to Denver? I've never been to Denver, no. You've got to get to Denver. Yeah, okay. Lots happening in Denver. Great place. What's on for your week? Um, What is on for my week? Uh, I've got to write the column. Yeah. I, uh, in the words of my late father, I've currently got two thirds of four fifths of one quarter of fuck all for my column. Okay. So tomorrow's a big day on the phone. I spent all day today on the phone and usually you get something. I have nothing. Okay. Like actually nothing. So if anyone wants to hit me up on any of the social media channels that I'm no longer on to give me a hint <laughs> for my, give me a tip for my column. You can find us at Podcast. We'll pass it on. Okay. Thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week remember hit us up on our socials and uh follow rate and review on spotify iheart itunes wherever you get your podcasts thank you for listening to another producey podcast if you enjoyed the show it would be a massive help if you could like follow rate subscribe tap the bell leave a review or even share it with your friends so if you want to get in touch share feedback suggestions or to advertise with one of our podcasts then simply email hello at producey.com. Thanks for tuning in.